0: Are you feeling stuck, lost, tired, or uninspired? We've all been there, including myself. I'm Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. I'm here to tell you that the best, unapologetic, and limitless version of yourself is yet to come. The Born Unbreakable podcast is here to inspire just that. With motivating guests from all different walks of life and around the world, Their stories will empower you to unlock abundance and your unbreakable spirit. Do you need accountability? Reach out to me for a free consultation of how I can support you in reaching your maximum potential. This episode is brought to you by Korma Date Coffee, the healthy alternative to coffee, this delicious date coffee has the health benefits of giving you natural energy, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, and fiber. Best of all, Korma is caffeine-free. No jitters, no anxiety, and no afternoon crash. Go to kormacafe.com. That's K-O-R-M-A-C-A-F-E.com, and enter discount code Born Unbreakable at checkout to get 10% off your order. Welcome. To the Born Unbreakable podcast. It might be your first time here. You might be back over and over again. Either way, I'm glad you decided to show up today. Uh, And just, you know, a public service announcement. I was telling my amazing guest, Rachel, that I've got the yard people doing some pretty lovely work. So they may make appearances throughout our conversation today to add a little spice, you know, here today, because who doesn't need a little extra lawn, you know, blowing and things of that nature (laughs) but i am i am thrilled today because i have rachel brinke with me and we're gonna have an amazing conversation about business about pivoting and taking leaps of faith and the different services that she offers so we'll have a little bit of everything but i'm going to take a moment to introduce rachel I won't steal all of her thunder. She actually has enough accolades that I could sit here for about 45 minutes and do that. That probably wouldn't be the most productive way to do this interview, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple highlights. Um, Rachel is a multifaceted entrepreneur. She's a business strategist. She is also an intellectual property attorney. Can we just pause for a second? That is what, probably one of the fanciest names of of an expert that i've had on here intellectual property attorney that's terrifying i'm just glad you
1: didn't lead with that because people would not be listening you'd see the drop off of listeners as they're like (laughs) (laughs)
0: what 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 there could be people as we speak googling what that actually means like what does an attorney do when they're doing that right
1: copyrights for small business (laughs) still boring. That's not any better. (laughs) Well, boring for you guys, not necessarily for me. I love it. Well, on top
0: of that, which does, I mean, it does sound like the easiest job in the world. Mm -hmm. You've written seven books. Like, hey, I just, you know, in my spare time that I have, (laughs) I write seven books. Um, She's hosted a top rated podcast, so I've got a fellow podcaster, which is always near and dear to my heart. Uh, It's called The Real Biz Talk Podcast. If you actually go to her website, which I'll make sure is in the show notes, you can check that out. And she's gone through her fair share of challenges. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Cancer has showed up in your life. Um, you, you've taken some leaps of faith to do very different things, jumping from corporate America to doing the online business space, uh, to helping others do things in the, in the business space. So you've jumped all over with that and you've been quite successful with that. And today you do one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. You have ma- a mastermind that you do, which we'll, we'll get into what that actually means. Cause some people might go like, what is that? I don't even know what that stands for. Now you're talking about intellectual property and you're talking about mastermind mastermind. I didn't know I was going to need Google for this entire no. episode. You won't. I promise
1: it will be It'll be way more fun than it sounds. I, I promise. Um and you do,
0: you know, provide legal services. I do. So thank you. Yeah. for being here because with a person that does that much stuff for you to take time out to talk to me on my show says a lot <laughs> about
1: Well, we were just talking pre-show. This is actually a really nice um, welcome uh, interruption to the day. I love doing stuff like this. And when we're recording this and when this is going to air, it's so timely because we are, what, two years-ish into the pandemic. The online space is what it is. And so I love talking about it. And I feel like it's way more received now than it was pre-pandemic because so many people can relate. And so wherever you're at, if you're in corporate America or you're trying to build a business, I think that you'll get some good stuff out of this episode
0: yeah well and let's you know and, and maybe it's just let's talk about the climate that we're in for a second mm-hmm. when we say the online space right so we all know Mr. Bezos and okay. Amazon if we are not familiar with who that is and what he does we are we are all today right we are consumers of this space you know I would love to do some sort of statistical study of how yeah. many people what percentage of your holiday gifts. <laughs> Came from Amazon, Amazon. <laughs> right? So e-commerce is a thing. Yeah, How really. many people today, as a result of the pandemic that we're in, are using Instacart? Are using uh, Grubhub, Uber Eats? I mean, you know, you're getting your groceries delivered to you. You're getting your products delivered to you at your doorstep. You're you're getting your food delivered to you. Uh, so we are in a space of. Extreme convenience, yes. you know, yes. for for us to, to be doing this, but it's also extremely opportunistic, whether you are a small business or a big one, mm-hmm. to be killing it mm-hmm. right now, quite frankly. <laughs> if we're talking about whether you're somebody who makes bracelets and started a side hustle. Or T-shirts, and you're, you know, just getting out there, starting to put your stuff out there. Or you're, you know, you've been a curated business for years, and now you're starting to boom even more because of the market space that we're in. Um, this, you know, <clears throat> this is opportunity. Yeah at our doorstep.
1: It was a good silver lining out of the pandemic. Obviously, you know, there was a lot of destruction, physical, mental, emotional, financial for a lot of people. But working with small businesses and you just said, you hit the two things that I would have said, you know, is the conveniences that we have. Um, there's stuff like the Instacart, DoorDash, all of that, that I wish I had had when I was first building my businesses and um, being a busy working mom that I'm really glad that we have that now. But then even more so is the opportunity and how that opportunity is more readily accepted accepted. accepted, you know, for so long in society. I feel like at least I did. I grew up with this idea of you go to school, you either graduate and you go to university or you get a um, you go work, you start working like those are your two paths. It wasn't really this idea of entrepreneurship, especially in the online space. Like You do what on the Internet? Mom still sometimes asks me when I'm going to get a job. (laughs) You do what? Yeah. From home? Because it's just, the just Internet? foreign to some people, but it, it's been better in the last two years because so many have been thrust either by choice because they needed to be home with kids or just yeah. something happened with their career. They were they were they were thrust into this and it's been an exciting time i, I well, mean and then, i say and that you know caringly still recognizing oh, all the everything else that's been going we,
0: we on. still are in the pandemic yeah. so we're not even talking about it in the past tense but then there's yeah. consumer trust right mm-hmm. so there there's the whole like well i don't know i don't want to put my information online and all of this but now there's there's cash app and venmo and stripe mm-hmm. and paypal and automation and safety measures and different things where people are they click one button, you, you got your Apple Pay or your whatever it is, and you, you don't even need to transact in person with Mm-mm. people. You we don't even be- need
1: to transact at all. I mean, yeah. online, just loading a website, you're being tracked. It's funny you say that because I think of, you know, like my mom and other individuals who didn't really understand the online space pre-pandemic or even now, with the idea of I don't want to give my information. Okay, but when you were going to Kohl's and to Target and those places and signing up for rewards programs, what do you think they were actually doing? They weren't, these companies could care less about rewarding you for anything. They're tracking and mining your behavior patterns. So if you just think about that's been how many years, you know, mostly confined to major corporations, now it's completely accessible online and for all of us and there's so many tools which i think is amazing because i didn't have that when i first started out
0: are you kidding me because instagram and facebook and all this stuff they algorithm the heck out of me i, I can't tell you how many beauty products i've purchased because they know my patterns <laughs> wow. i'm like oh i need that you're right yeah. you are right well,
1: the I good absolutely- thing for us it's like it's not it's not. Um, and there's not a barrier between, you know, us as small business, if we're getting into that, you know, it's available at our fingertips to have access to the same information that Bezos and, you know, other large corporations have. Mm-hmm
0: well I definitely you know want to want to talk to you about the kinds of problems that you solve in the work that you do but before I do that I have to acknowledge something about your story that I've noticed in, 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 in a theme I mean you've done so many things if anybody goes to to Rachel's website you'll see that she, you know you you did battle uh, cancer you you've done an Iron man uh, I mean there's things that you've done that are on people's bucket lists Um you know, in terms of even business, so the theme that I noticed about what you do is you've you've taken leaps of faith, mm-hmm. and you have pivoted at multiple stages of your of your mm-hmm. life and career. <laughs> I, both, I mean, they're all intertwined, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, how like what has give you given you the confidence and the resiliency to do that <sighs> at all these different junctures?
1: This is probably not going to be the best answer. I don't think that there's necessarily anything specific. It's just looking at a circumstance, whatever it is in your life, and recognizing it's make or break. You can sink or swim. Like you're either going to figure it out or what's the alternative? What are you losing in the process? You know, for example, like I really got thrust into the online space and entrepreneurship. During the cancer, I kind of always knew I wanted to do it. I've struggled back and forth between following the corporate America track and this. But it it was almost like I had to be around. We only had one kid at the time. We have five now. And I needed to be around for him. Husband was in and out deployed. And I someone had to care for him. Someone had to care for me. I had to go to treatments and that sort of stuff. So just looking in the confines of it, it was okay. I could sit around and feel sorry for myself having cancer, didn't know if I was going to be okay or not after it didn't know what it looked like. I just knew that I wanted to achieve. You said a little bit ago that business and life are really intertwined and I'm the same way. I kind of always teach from a place of, you know, build or create your real business that you want to support the real life that you want to live. And so looking at that, though, it's kind of having these boundaries and the circumstances of that whole sink or swim moment. It was I want to achieve being able to be around for my son and deal with my cancer. So how am I going to do that within the confines of what I had? And that's where I started really getting into online space. And I didn't, like I said before, I didn't nearly have the platforms and accessibility that we have now. But yeah, that's not really a good shiny, glittery answer. But I think it's something that's real. All of us have circumstances. And it's hard when you listen to stories. You may not relate with me because you're like, well, I never had cancer. I don't know what that's like no, but you may have lost a job. You may be unhappy in a position that you're in. You may have had to move. You may have had to care for you know, some family member. We all have something in our life that sets boundaries. And it's going to sound so like fortune cookie cliche, but it really honestly is what you do within that and choosing to do that. And so like when you mentioned like the pivoting, oftentimes it wasn't that I just had the confidence and desire to do it i sometimes had no choice and i'm okay with that i'm thankful for that now (laughs) maybe not so much at the time
0: yeah but you you know you 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 made that choice whether it felt confident or not at the time the attitude that you chose was to persevere and to move to move Mm -hmm. forward so take me back to when you were first getting oh so so you're dealing with cancer Mm -hmm. You've, you've got adjustment to the home life which, you know, life previous to that was, was different, chaotic. You were doing other, other stuff in the corporate land. Your mm-hmm. your mom. You got that going on. So th- this is the environment that you're in. So then you're like, online, that's interesting. What, what were you trying to figure out at that time, you know, minus all the things we know today?
1: Honestly, just how to financially support my family and how I could contribute without having to go outside the home, be away from my son, be away from treatments and how I can make money, you know, because um, at the time we didn't have a lot. We still, you know, I can't, grew up a pretty privileged life. But when I married my husband, he was junior enlisted in the military. I was doing all of this. So I couldn't have a consistent um, employment and didn't really want it, frankly, because I wanted to have a flexibility Um So for me, the driver was financial. And for a lot of people, especially right now when we're recording this, that is why a lot of people have, you know, they've always kind of had that little feeling of getting on the online space. But for me, the biggest one was I know that one day I want to do this. I just don't know what it looks like. I don't know if it even can be done. And let me kind of set the stage of when all of this that we're talking about. Blogging at the time was just just getting into being monetized. It really was a bit more about personal blogging. Um, you didn't have really affiliate links. We, I mean, Instagram didn't exist. Actually, I don't even Facebook didn't exist. I was on MySpace. Oh my god, MySpace. Girl, uh,
0: you too. I had one of those. Is it I is this had, still up? I, I added music. I don't even know. We should check after this. And you could do music. So In when you remember glitter. that.
1: A little you could do
0: that. You could you could have a theme song. So when someone came to your page, it was you know, I, I thought that was cool. I yes. it, it's so people are listening right now that probably don't even know what that is. Google Let's it. I'm sure there's it.
1: YouTube videos that could show it, or I'll find mine and we can share it. But you know, before we got on recording, we were talking about what we were doing today. Well, I spent the morning working on the website, HTML coding things. Where do you think I learned that? From MySpace, getting that autoplayer music and putting the glittery wow. streams in the back of the profile.
0: See? <laughs> so it all there worked, was a all use built. for that. There was.
1: <laughs> I didn't know it at the time. I just thought I was being cool. But I it's so funny because I in my husband he's big into computers and coding he's like that's not real coding i'm like don't burst my bubble <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it no but yeah so at the time though we didn't have freeman information podcasting really wasn't a thing pinterest definitely wasn't so we had next no information so i didn't really have And this is probably really bad as like a business coach. I didn't have like this vision of exactly what I wanted my online business to look like. I just knew a couple of things. I needed to financially support my family and contribute. Um, I knew that I wanted to be flexible, create the real business to live your real life, and that it was going to be mine, that I was going to fill my pockets and my goals and my dreams. So those are really the three big things. And they haven't changed much since then my businesses have changed my visions have changed but those three key elements have really just stuck around through all of them
0: i love that i love the consistency Mm -hmm. you know because even even though things around us have changed technologically you Mm -hmm. have the same sound core values Mm -hmm. that drive you in your business whether we're talking about years ago we're talking about the present um, okay. So you have, you mastered that for yourself. Mm-hmm. What then led you to want to help other people and building their businesses?
1: Again, timing. I didn't even know what a business coach was. Um, at the time you had, it was before business, I was a business coach before business coaching was cool, right? You, you find a plethora online. There's some really good ones. There's some not so good ones out there too. Um, but i was having people ask me questions they were seeing what i was doing i had like an online apparel store was doing graphic design stuff oh the designs were horrible i was trying to figure out my skills okay (laughs) between my (laughs) skills and really crappy graphic design i was trying to those are not my skills obviously um but no i just a lot of people started asking me questions and when i started making money and being able to have like the three core values we just talked about that I hadn't fully achieved really what I wanted, but people, friends were starting to see what I was accomplishing with that. They would start asking me business questions. So that's actually why I started blogging, um, was I, wanted to be a, not so much that I wanted to have a blog to drive people to at the time. I didn't, wasn't really considering it being a resource. It was kind of foreign. But it was honestly the same time. And I was kind of tired of writing out the same messages to everyone. So someone would ask a question, I would put it into a blog post, send it out. Um, and then people would say, Oh, I want more help. Can you just sit and talk with me? Can we do coffee? And it kind of evolved from there. Um, as I, I've done brick and mortar, I've done physical, products, I've done digital products, services, kind of the gamut of it. And so, yeah, that's really that's just evolved from there. And even though I keep doing other things, my business coaching and strategy stuff is kind of more internal, um, I'm not I don't really forward front be like, that's my main service running my other businesses and actually doing the practice of business is priority. And then everything after that is helping others versus, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there who've never really run a business before that are trying to teach you how to run a business. And I want to practice what I preach. So, you know, the the business coaching is secondary to everything else I do, but it doesn't mean I don't love it. Actually, I probably love it more than the other things I do, but yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and that's, and that makes for really dynamic days. I can't imagine that your days are the same.
1: all, no. all the time. <laughs> it Having takes to- scheduling for sure.
0: Yeah all the different businesses thinking about the needs and then also thinking of when you prioritize who you want to help i mean i feel i feel like you know, listening to you, prioritization is probably something that you spend some time mastering.
1: <laughs> well, it's a tough thing too because you know, if you ask me, out of all the things you do, what's your favorite? It honestly depends on the day. Um, you know, I have a different day for different business and different task stuff. So when, if it's a good day, obviously, and I'm in it, I love it and excited. Then, so I just I don't know, I'm kind of a chameleon. I much enjoy and throw my passion into whatever I'm doing at that moment, and I think that that when you have something like that, you know, people often ask me, how do you do all these things? Well, first of all, (laughs) everything you listed, I don't do all the things. This is like 17, 18 years in the making. Right. But also that when I'm able to just facilitate between the different things and enjoy them all, it's because I've reduced or gotten rid of pain points or things that I don't enjoy. And that it always, it hasn't been a straight trajectory from the beginning. I think it's really easy for us and especially me to sit here and say to y'all listening, oh yeah, you know, pick your passion. You'll never work another day in your life. That's not true. You will enjoy it most of the time, but you're going to have to go through some either projects or industries or different types of products or services to really find what you enjoy. And I, I kind of do miss those days. Those days are really fun, even though you look back and there are failures and disappointments, et cetera. It was kind of really fun trying to, you know, get your foothold of what you want to do.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, and I think we, we can't underestimate the fact that there's not this magic bullet that, yeah. you know, hard work is – is hard work. You know, you, you've you got to put in that commitment on a daily basis to get the kind of results, the growth, the the scaling mm-hmm. that you want. So one, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is about <clears throat> some of the biggest challenges that you've seen in this online space. as As you're dealing with either your own businesses that you're running or people are coming to you and going, Rachel, Uh, I'm really struggling with this, you know, what are, what are some of the top things people struggle with? And, Mm -hmm. and if you had advice for those things, what would you say?
1: I think three major things. One is trying to decide what you want to do. We kind of just touched Mm -hmm. on that. It's going to be trial and error. You know, you lean into your strengths, you move away from your weaknesses if you can, um, and kind of, you know, hone in on and take, give it some time to see. Embrace the pivot, you know, and that's the thing. Businesses constantly evolve and change. Look at any major corporations. Maybe you don't want to be a major corporation, but I use them as examples. And I look to see because they're the ones that spent millions and billions of dollars making mistakes and changes. So there's something to learn from there. But two, one big takeaway you can also take from looking at others is try not to be everything to everyone. So, like when I first got into doing like business coaching or even legal stuff, it was like, okay, I want to service everyone because if I cast a wide net, then I can get everyone. You'll be known for nothing then, and you really want to facilitate to get yourself into a point whether it's a product or service, no matter industry that you're in. Then when someone says, I want X or I need X, you are Y. You are the answer that's going to be responded to. And the only way to do that is to come out of the market very, very narrowly niched. I mean, Apple did this. Many different businesses have done this. They come out with one really strong product and they hone in on that. And then you expand out. Um, oh, man, what was the third one I was going to say? I should have said it at the top so you could remind me. Um, Oh man, I don't know. We'll go with those two for now. I can't remember what the third was going to be. Um, but uh, man, I don't remember. Sorry. No,
0: but that you know <clears throat> that alone, talking about this notion of being all things to all people, oh. I feel like that is a constant struggle mm-hmm.
1: because
0: as you acquire more knowledge and experience. Mm-hmm. That's something you bump up against. Oh well, wait a minute. Right. What about this? And what about that? And how about this? And and mm-hmm. it, it is a it, it is a bit of a of a battle that you fight, whether you're mm-hmm. small or big, uh, <clears throat> in terms of being as effective yeah. as you can be.
1: Oh, for sure. And the other thing too with that is I feel like if you have a spirit of entrepreneurship, you're going to be multi-passionate. So you're going to be excited about different things. For me, it's reining myself in. I mean, for example, I know enough on creating websites. I do all my own websites. So could I go and do it as a business? Sure. But the limiter is I already have well-established businesses, so I just have to recognize not to add on another thing. And do I really want to commit the time to improving those skills? I mean, they're good enough for me. They're good enough to get me where I want to go. But are they good enough to serve the market? And is it worth the time and effort away from proven businesses, from family, from self stuff in order to go that direction? And actually, as you were talking and just now, I thought about what my third thing is. I can't impress enough, no matter what business you're in, where you're at in business, or maybe you're just thinking about it, simplicity is so key. Simplistic, you know, and if you, the one of the books that's trending right now is Atomic Habits. And in like the first or second chapter, he talks about you only need to improve 1% every day, and it's a compounding effect. So, you know, you look at those that are long-term, sustaining profitably and successfully in different businesses they are very consistent in the simple things and i think it's really easy now on top of trying to offer all the things to everyone but doing all the things and being on all like let's take example social media being on all the platforms and i raise my hand my team's probably gonna heckle me for this because i am one is like we gotta be on all the platforms and they're like take your own advice you got to get you know just very consistent and drilled down in you know, nurture where you're trying to grow, as opposed to just throwing seeds onto all the different platforms and just kind of haphazard, you're not going to grow anything. Um, you're not nurturing the seeds at that point. And I feel like in this day and age where there's Instagram and Clubhouse and I don't even know what else, you know, TikTok, it's easy for us to get distracted. But if you look at the most successful businesses, they go back to the basics of who are you going to serve? How are you going to serve them? And where are those people so you can serve them?
0: Mm-hmm. And and it is the, the best few, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times there's this, oh well, if I have hundreds of thousands of followers, that doesn't mean that they're consumers nope. of nope. what your product or your service is, yeah. right? And so that 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 doesn't make any any sense for mm-hmm. putting money in your pocket if what you're trying to do is actually get paying clients, customers things yeah. like that. So being focused on the right things, I I, I think do matter. And I you know,
1: think of a real life numbers example on that, right? Mm-hmm. Is as the social media platforms change, you're effectively starting over every time you're trying to grow it. So having someone come on to, let's say your TikTok, I just got back on TikTok last week. It's a whole thing. And I only have like 82 followers. So if you landed on that, you'd go only 82 followers. Yeah, but I have 50,000 on Facebook. But you also don't know my email list has over 250,000 so you know it's you can't always go by just what you see yes Mm -hmm. it is good to have i think it was pre-show we talked about like accolades you know credibility follower account can be helpful but more importantly is really really looking at where you're going to nurture and grow your people we were just doing um internally with the team some evaluations of our key performance indicators uh from last year we were going to do it in january but COVID and We've just had uh, personal stuff going on. We didn't have power for a week because we had that big snowstorm. Um, So we're just now getting around to evaluating like our fall promos, our winter promos. And we we took a real big risk this year and said, let's cut our ads budget by like 80% and see what happens. And we could have cut it 100%. Because the majority of our revenue came from our email list that you don't ever see. You don't know those numbers if I hadn't shared it here. Um, So, anyways, I give you, I share that number with you to know, don't land. And I have clients that do influencer stuff. Yes, they need those numbers in order to get and garner sponsorships, you know, if they're in an influencer situation. But when they try to sell their own specific products, you just said it, Coach Des, those people are not necessarily consumers, they're not consuming. What their physical, you know, what that influencer is trying to sell. Mm-hmm. So just be mindful when we're looking at these metrics. Utilize them as kind of a peripheral guide, but not like your main. And I'm speaking to myself mostly here because I get swept up in the whole idea of oh my god, I gotta have a million on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's million on TikTok is not going to produce the results that the email, you know, list right. that I've been growing for how long, ha- you know, does. And I serve better there.
0: You may brush up on your dance skills. No. There may be some other things that you uh, accelerate in. It might not be in the revenue area, but yeah. maybe some other self-development, oh, yeah. uh, you know, parts of what we're, we're trying My to accomplish. will die. Like, mom, please stop trying to do that dance. Yeah. Stop. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like there's, there's so many, you know, being trendy is 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 a thing that entrepreneurs deal with whether you're starting out or you're a seasoned person i do think that everyone gets introduced to the next thing and ask themselves that question oh my gosh do i have to learn this too is this the next thing i remember that happened when clubhouse came out
1: yeah is Clubhouse still around
0: yeah i still get all these notifications of people starting (laughs) starting a room do you want to join this room and um you know but it's it's that strike while the iron is hot thing because yeah. it, at that time it it was big you know there were people who you know overnight it seemed like got 10,000 15,000 followers because every day they were capitalizing on on the opportunity to speak in a different Venue. It yeah. was kind of a hype thing. Now I, I think it's stabilized. I don't know that it's the hype is as you know big, but <clears throat> certainly people still use it for for you know uh, the the mm-hmm. platform that it is. But you know for for today's uh, Clubhouse or TikTok is tomorrow's thing that we haven't even heard of yet, right? right? There's right. always going to be things that are mm-hmm. coming into the market and, and used as a potential platform for you to do different things with, you know. We're, I'm not,
1: if, we're not saying, Coach Jess mm-hmm. and I are not trying to tell you guys, you know, don't go and build that, right? You, know, you yeah. have to figure out the formula what works for you. I just, for me, I mean, even I think it was yesterday, I was reading the article about um, how Facebook is threatening to pull, Meta is threatening to pull Facebook Meta. and Instagram from Europe. Uh, be over privacy, data privacy practices, which I called this years ago. But they, I should be a betting woman. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I'm in
0: Las Vegas. People do uh, that a lot.
1: Hey, I'm gonna be there in a couple of weeks. We'll talk about that after. <laughs> uh, yeah. but seriously, though, but think about those that have built their business. And my, the, what I'm trying to get to is you want to build a, your house on land that you own, in essence, right? So you're just renting this real estate on Instagram and TikTok and all of that. So you can't. Yes, go for the million followers, but you have to have a plan of how are you going to get those followers? Because it could be gone tomorrow. But how are you going to keep in contact with them after? How can you effectively serve them, which Mm -hmm. turns into selling later? But how do you effectively serve them? Because what's going to happen to fitness influencers and fitness accounts that are in Europe. If this gets shut down, they won't have ads, they won't have their accounts. I don't know if it'll actually happen. We'll see what's going to come down the pipeline, but it's a very real possibility. There's clients that have reached out or potential clients who are like, oh, my God, what do I do? And I'm like, how's your email list? Have you created on another platform? Like you've got to have these touch points and a backup plan because Zuckerberg could take it away tomorrow. It could be gone.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that's a good point is, is, is your strategic outlook. Mm-hmm. How do you look strategically out into the future to, to know where you need to capitalize on other things and not feel like a one trick pony yeah. vibe going on?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: uh, one thing that you do <clears throat> that I love, and I would love for you to share more about how you do this, is a mastermind. So the, the concept of a mastermind goes back as far as Napoleon Hill and that's why it's called people coming together with like minds to do more innovative things. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the more you, you congregate in community where you can have a spirit of innovation Mm -hmm. and entrepreneurship and, you know, other things that are in that realm the, the likelihood of your success and accountability is greater because our sometimes we're our own worst enemy. We say to ourselves, oh, we're going to get that done by Friday at 5 p.m. Well, it's now Wednesday of the following week and that hasn't happened mm-hmm. because it's easy for you to let yourself down. But when you're talking to a team and when you've announced your goals and when you've set your targets and you've done all this stuff, now people are holding you accountable to the things that right. you said you've committed to. So that's just my really maybe elementary description of, of kind of the concept of a mastermind. But, you know, since you run one, and you've seen the successes of it. I'd love for you to share your your perspective.
1: So we'll sh- I will first share a um, mm. little bit of a confessional here. I wish so. Masterminds are you did you define it in a way that I also define it, right? And there, you, everyone's kind of using this term to apply to group coaching and this and that. So you really have to, if you see the term mastermind used, and you want to invest in yourself that way, you need to look to see what it really includes. Like, is it just like a passive membership? Is it group coaching? Is it, you know, what does it look like more like what you just talked about? Now, my confession is I wish that masterminds in this group coaching type stuff had been available for me. And I wish I had invested in it years ago. I'm sure it was out there. I didn't even know what it was, though, right? Like, again, (laughs) glittery MySpace page and music. I had no concept of what any of this sort of stuff was. Didn't really know anybody that was an entrepreneur. So I didn't have a mentor. I didn't really have accountability. And nobody else in, like, my sphere of influence at the time was even doing online business. So for me, I was really trying to figure it out on my own. Do I think that I mean I've had decent success obviously I'm sitting here and that definition changes with as the wind blows sometimes life changes but do I feel like my my journey what could have been a probably a quicker trajectory in some areas probably if I had had a mastermind the accountability being held to integrity and things like that so one thing is that I offer and it's kind of a mentorship meets mastermind. So I don't just throw people into a group and I'm like, here, be accountability partners, figure it out. I'm still there integrated as the mentor. And so we but I like using the mastermind phrase for the exact definition that you gave, because it is mastering of the minds. It's a meeting of the minds. It's a um, growing of the minds together, which I think is so incredibly important. And we're not actually getting in this barrage of information these days. Podcasts are great. I have a podcast. You've mentioned it. This is a great podcast. You get great information. But those of you listening, you may have had questions about some things that Coach Des and I may have said so far, but you're not able to interface and respond with us, by the time that this podcast is over, you know, you you may have noted it down. You may try to reach out and talk about it with one of us or someone else. More than likely, the majority of people consuming the content through a podcast are going to hear it go on their merry way and not really act on anything that they heard about in here mostly because there's that disconnect. There's not this back and forth. And so for me, that is one of the things that when I was able to find like-minded individuals um, in the industries that I was in, that I could ping things off of, that's where I saw the real value. I wasn't in a formal mastermind. We kind of did an informal one. So I say all that to say, that's what I tried to have in my groups. And I do them very niche specific. So I have one for lawyers, one for photographers, another for like online business entrepreneurs. And because it's really important to be with those that are also in your industry, they're not your competitors. In fact, you know, we can't serve everyone, there's enough of the pie for everyone. And you will learn, I I think there's something to be said about learning from other industries. But when it comes to the real pain points of what your overlapping avatars and consumers are going through, there's such great value in having people come to the table and the exact definition that you gave of a mastermind. So that's really what I'm trying to facilitate. Trying to really create what I wish I would have had way back in the beginning,
0: I think it's amazing. I, I really it. do i I think that um <clears throat> you know I personally have been in a in the same mastermind for the last two years, and it's a uh, and there's all kinds of different formats by the way, for anybody yeah. listening there there isn't one sort of universal thing is you could talk to twenty different people at this moment, and they could tell you twenty different ways that this this can be. You know, so conceptually we've we've discussed it here, but in, pra- in practice, yeah. this this can show up in so many different ways. So, um, <clears throat> masterminds can be have an end date, right? So you 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 say, hey, I'm a photographer, I'm a lawyer, you know, I'm an online business owner. This is something that's going to help me to accelerate. I'm committed to this for six months or a year Mm -hmm. and you, you, you know, you get that information, you get these great best practices and habits and then you can move on. And then there's like the kind of group that I'm in. It's a, a choice as an entrepreneur that you, you know, you, you can continue on, which I, you know, I've chosen to do. It's been over two years, you know? Um, and, and it's interestingly enough, most of the people are consistent. You know, mm-hmm. every now and then somebody leaves, somebody new comes, and then you get that new energy. But um, it, it is interesting because our, um, I, I meet every week, so I happen to have mine this morning um, at 5.30 a.m. But it's, it is a, it is a, a level set mm-hmm. each time of, okay, yes, yes, strategy, goals, you know, wh- whatever the, the focus is that we're all working on because let's face it, life is busy. There's distraction, yeah. things get crazy, you get off kilter. Your your list of ten things is is still <laughs> eight things at the end of the week, <laughs> like, and you're like, okay, I guess I only did do two of those things, you know. So, uh, you know, th- I, I think the just the commitment that you yeah. make to yourself over and over again to show up mm-hmm. and say, okay, I'm I am committed to being an excellent attorney being you,
1: team. well yeah but i think even if you define yourself as a committed individual like i feel like i'm pretty self-ambitious but there's there's just something psychological to it there's just something that makes you want to even go the extra mile and i'm not saying to the extent of beating yourself up about not getting your list done accountability yes but give grace you know to yourself as well but there is just even i am so type a i am so self-driven but I I just cannot underestimate or, like you know, just I can just cannot impress enough how important exactly what you just described is at any level of business, any level Mm -hmm. at all, Um, and maybe even more so as you get further on down the line, because as you're further in business, the more money you make, the longer you've been around, those that started out with you may have fallen off. You know, there is ebbs and flows in business. People pivot and change. And so you may be looking for new peers. And I think the best continuity of having peers is through the format of a mastermind.
0: Yeah. I think it's awesome. So point being, if you're listening to this and it's, you know, and and it's not a thing to say, you know, everybody has to go and do this and and all of a sudden, you know, rainbows and unicorns will just start falling out everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, it's more to say, you know, for some people, maybe it's something formal like a mastermind. You know, maybe it's something a little bit less formal for you and you kind of even curate something yourself. I I think that the, the point more so is to, Channel and harness that energy because where your when your focus goes goes there, that is how the momentum builds. When you're talking about building something, growing something, scaling something that matters to you, like your your small or your your big business. Um, so, I do want to ask you about the legal part of, of businesses. So, and it's not to say we're going to start using a bunch of words nobody understands, but I would say (laughs) in its most, you know, basic form, I I don't know that, you know, setting up everything with, uh, as far as a business online, that's probably, I don't know, for me, that's not the first thing that I think of of Most like, oh, of how it. do we make sure that this is, you know, all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed and the legality. I mean, what what is the importance and what are the kinds of things that people need to think about from a legal perspective when they're starting their business?
1: I mean, the lawyer answer is that you should do all the legal things from the very beginning. And it's true. I mean, you want to try to protect yourself, limit a liability, make sure you're marketing properly and owning your brand. Those are like the key three phases that I can walk through. But the real world answer is many times you just don't know if you're going to make it. Right. And let's be real. Legal is not that fun. It's much sexier and funner to get on TikTok and start learning to dance and hashtag research and creating the website and branding and all that stuff. So I get it. Like you may not want to invest up front. That is going to depend on your comfort level and your life circumstance like do you have a lot of personal assets um do you are you willing to put yourself out there and you know there are some online businesses that have less liability than others you know there's online fitness coaches that i work with who are very directly by zoom teaching people how to lift weights i'm like okay that's pretty we got some liability we've got more liability here than maybe if i sold you an ebook that talked about The 20 top flowers in America or something like that. I don't know. So (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. Uh, There is a business for everything. That's the one thing that I've definitely learned. I thought that before pandemic, I thought about this earlier when we were talking about it's incredible, the things that we've seen come out during pandemic and the online sphere and what people are, you know, niching into. And it's incredible. It's so exciting. But really, no matter what, Um, where you're at. I I think it's so important that once you kind of get your feet under you a bit, if you're not willing to do the legal stuff up front, make it as soon as possible to at least get into the first phase of liability protection. So looking at having your entity insurance and proper contracts and terms in place that is baseline where I always start with clients um, just to make sure that you have that because you want to help to protect yourself the next phase is also like marketing legalities, right? Maybe you Mm -hmm. have affiliate links in your podcast description, having the proper disclaimer, stuff like that to make sure that you're abiding by all marketing laws um, required. And then of course, brand protection or ownership, uh, intellectual property. So you want to protect your business name, your podcast name, your program name, your logo, um, and any of your visual assets of marketing, whether it's YouTube videos, your Instagram photos, that sort of stuff. So those are the key three phases. And I kind of go in that order, because that's just what seems to make the most sense and also priority order to many entrepreneurs, no matter what industry that you're in. But I get it again, lawyer answer do it all up front, you know, try to get as protected as possible. But the real world is just work incrementally as quick as you can, reinvesting in yourself through those three phases.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that you gave the really honest answer for that because as I've approached. Uh, going to different, uh, conferences and meeting people that are starting, you know, their own businesses, it, it feels very overwhelming when there yeah. when all the questions that come up front, should I, should I trademark this? Should, how do I do that? Where do I go for that? Yeah. You know, how do I, I mean, all of these things, like to your point of feeling like there is a hundred steps to take. And it seems so far for you to see the top of that staircase that that – it almost feels debilitating.
1: <laughs> we feel that way with a lot of areas of business. I know this week when I was working on stuff, I was like, oh my God, I'm 20, almost 20 years in the business. So why do I feel so overwhelmed? And so for me, it's really just taking a step back and going, well, we can't tackle all of it today. The whole adage of like, eat the elephant one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, that's the reason why a lot of my businesses and resources exist is because you don't know what you don't know. I've been there as an entrepreneur, I've been there on, on the lawyer side of things. I do have a whole free legal checklist on my website for this that works for pretty much any industry, at least as a guide. But, you know, I don't sit here in my ivory tower and go, oh my God, you haven't done X, Y, and Z. I'm just like, okay, let's triage whatever's going on here. Then let's figure out what we can do next. But it's all within the confines of your life circumstances. You may not have the $10,000 or however much it would cost to do all the things. And I'm not really one of those people or business coaches that's like, go get in debt, do this, do that. I'm going to advise you of the risks of you waiting to do things, but there's personal responsibility, right? Like I'll yeah. provide the steps that I think you should do in my recommendation. But you have to make the plan to do it and then just ask questions. Like there's so many experts like me and, you know, in other fields too, financial planning, that kind of stuff like whew, makes my head like spin mm-hmm. uh, that I look to the experts for. And I think that's where we can lean in and support other businesses that helps for us not to feel so overwhelmed like you mentioned.
0: Yeah. One question at a time
1: yeah right but it's true and you're not going to know everything and your business is going to grow and change so everything needs to be fluid and i know it's you know I love business. I love all the business things. And so from but even still on like admin days, the first of the month is like all the yucky admin stuff, taxes, finances, all of that. It's a necessary evil. But I think if you commit to doing that stuff, so maybe it's like asking the questions, you know, shooting an email to your lawyer at the first of the month by just going through the operation of evaluating your business, like your KPIs, your contracts or whatever else is going on. You're going to elevate yourself and you're going to grow as a business owner. And you're almost on like a self-continuing education, even if you feel frustrated, overwhelmed, just the process of committing to the accountability of doing those sort of tasks routinely and evaluations or asking questions. Like you said, maybe don't ask 500 questions at once just do you know, tackle a couple of questions every month. It's, we said this earlier, it's the simple, consistent steps. It's not these quick hacks of getting on TikTok and all of that. It's the simple, consistent steps with accountability that really grows the best entrepreneurs that I've ever met.
0: I love that. I mean, and, and I'm totally with you. The people that I've seen have longevity and when they're talking about what they've done or their success, they're not talking about, oh, so, you know, four minutes ago all of this happened or even three months or three years there this took over a decade it took two decades i mean there's there is a there's the grit there's the hard work there's the research there's the right people that you get around you but it does take time yeah you know it does take time to to learn and to grow but if you have the mindset that you're willing to learn every day Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you 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 can persevere in, in mm-hmm. business. And I, I think, especially because today we're talking about the online space, the resources are abundant, really. Almost I mean,
1: paralyzing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Almost to the point where it, there's so much information because there's eBooks and there, cause there's free resources and there's podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, just dedicated to starting your business or whatever it is. I mean, y- you can turn to just about a dozen, you know, places mm-hmm. right now and, and, not know which one to choose to get started yeah but you know on you know looking at the glass half full version of what i just said the information is out there to get started
1: (laughs) (laughs) well and it's going to depend on where you are in business it's so funny the other night i found myself saying oh, I just, I just want it all done for me. Not that I physically want it done, but I want to just be told what to do on whatever it was. And like, I would I would pay good money to not have to do all the research. All the free resources are out there. I could cobble it together. I am a smart enough individual to figure it out, but I didn't really want to take the hours to figure it out and the frustration to figure it out. Now, when I first started my businesses, I didn't have the luxury of cash, Plus, there were not a lot of resources, but I didn't have the luxury of cash to get into mastermind, to get into courses. So I was cobbling together what I could. So I get that if you're in that financial position. Good. But there will get a point that you kind of need to look around and say, is this worth is this? worth my time to try to sit here and cobble together my whole email strategy by scrolling through Apple Podcasts for six hours? Or would you rather go to a source, being mindful, you know, there's some good, good courses out there, not so good courses, but go to a source that's doing what you like what they're doing, you connect with them and you like the results. That is where I think you lean into it. And it's hard. I get it. You know, it's so easy. Even now, how many years in, I I get distracted. I'm like, I want to do this or I'm going to try that. And I do think you test things, but it's really getting focused on what I want to learn. So is it something I'm willing to invest the time in figuring it out myself? Or is it worth throwing some money investment? If you can, right? If you can, don't go. I don't believe really going into big debt for that kind of stuff. Um, But if you can, there comes a point where it's just easier and cheaper you know, those hours that I could spend cobbling it together, I could have been earning the money that I would have paid for the course or the mentorship that I would have bought into.
0: Yeah. There's always a cost-benefit analysis, right? Every time you're making a decision about any investment into your business, yeah. whether it's a course, whether it's a coach, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there, because there are all of these different resources and levels of commitment either your time or money because that's pretty much what we're talking about everything is time or money For sure. right you're 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 doing that assessment but you'll get better and better at it yeah. as time goes on right you'll have a little bit more confidence okay. <laughs> you're, you're going to be able to use your and and your gut instincts they they really do mean something mm-hmm. you know analysis paralysis kills us i think sometimes
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and you you know you you're smart you can you can figure yeah. out you know these things but i want to make sure that i spend some time asking you a couple questions for people to get to know you a little bit better
1: i'm scared <laughs> uh,
0: i when i started this podcast and and i don't know if you feel the same way it's one of those things where you go on, you go on a journey and and you you have an idea, right, about where it's going to go, but things just unfold and it becomes so much more. But one of the, the one of the truths that I've wanted to be a foundation of this um, is the auspice of why it started, which is called "Born Unbreakable," <laughs> because I believe that we go through many things and there's points where we feel like we're going to break, but we don't. So my question for you is, what has made you feel like you're Unbreakable, as you reflect on the different challenges that you've worked through?
1: Um, Yeah, cancer's not the answer. You probably expected that to be it. Um, The year that I did Ironman World Championships, I came out of that and had developed a chronic illness, is we don't really have a specific diagnosis, but it's a lot of the symptoms of like chronic fatigue syndrome and adrenal (coughs) fatigue. Ooh, sorry, that was my ring light. And it's just been battling to come back from that. And I just think, you know, a lot of things we talked about today, of like consistency and focus and getting like the necessary things done and let, you know, giving grace for the other things that you don't get done. I really had to learn a lot of that when I was almost bedridden. I mean, I went from Ironman World Championships to being almost bedridden for a year, all these different like investigative surgeries and testing and such. Mm -hmm. And Just coming out the other side of that, I'm not 100%, but that makes me feel unbreakable and shows me, um, you know, we, at the very beginning of this episode, we talked about, um, you know, how do you have the confidence to do things? And my answer was sometimes you just have to do it. You don't have a choice. And I think the same thing here is, is that I may not have had a choice, but I did. I could have just given up and let my businesses fall to the wayside from being sick. And I got strategic, I leaned into my team, I built up more of a team so that I could remove me a bit more, took time off for mentorship and coaching for that time because I wasn't going to be able to effectively serve. And so I think I just feel unbreakable from coming out from that undiagnosed chronic illness and still being able to, you know, change with it. And it it was just very difficult as a type A who wants to constantly go and achieve this and achieve that to being almost bedridden um, and barely being able to work on my business and be around my family. That was that took a lot. But the fact that I'm sitting here and I'm getting back, getting back, that's I feel unbreakable from that.
0: Oh, that is incredible, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Really. What is something that is on your bucket list?
1: Oh my goodness. Uh well, I'm actually kind of working on it right now, getting my private pilot's license. <gasps> it is terrifying. <laughs>
0: that sounds terrifying <laughs> it
1: is, but it's much like business so i did a um i had offhandedly sent it to my husband about oh it's a bucket list item like when i was sick i created but i thought i was dying like i created a whole bucket list i thought like i got to do this and that was one of the things so he got me a um exploratory type uh flight for my birthday so i went and i was sweating bullets girl the whole time i'm like white knuckling and the pilot's like well do you want to fly it and I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe in a minute, maybe in a minute. I probably said about 40 times. And finally, he was like, well, we're going to land in like 10. And I said to myself, I said, Rachel, this is like business. You have to grow up hair and hang, hang on, get going if you're going to do this or else are you going to regret? What are you going to regret more? Being scared out of your freaking mind when you grab on and try to steer this plane with the risk of falling out of the sky? Or are you going to regret when you feel the wheels hit the ground and you never took control. So I did it. I'm still scared. My palms are sweating thinking about it now, but yeah. Yeah. I just think it's a great metaphor for business. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <loss> really.
0: <laughs> yeah. That is one of the coolest bucket list items. That is incredible. I can't imagine the adrenaline. Mhm. And 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 I and I do love the analogy. Just, you know, the learning that you're going through with something like that and being able to apply it to different parts of your life, like business is amazing. Okay. What is a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome?
1: Mm, it's funny you ask this because this is something I've been working on really recently. Um, it probably has some to do with like behavioral patterns growing up, um, what a, patterns I was taught. Um maybe taking cost-benefit analysis to the extreme. Um, I don't really know how to describe what I'm meaning. Um, more of like, it's so much easier for me to look at the negative than the actual potential positive that could come out of it, which you would think with everything we talked about, I wouldn't have that. But I second guess myself quite a bit because I had someone in my life growing up that was very, very negative about everything we never really look for the positive so i feel like that that attachment of that sort of pattern behavior
0: mm-hmm. is
1: what creeps into all sorts of beliefs in my business
0: yeah i i think people can relate to a lot of our limitations or perceived you know limitations not actual because we're right very capable to do mm-hmm. everything that we want to do comes from growing up
1: Mhm.
0: You know, experiences whether it's an individual, more than one individual, um school, you it know, just diff- different different things that have happened experientially that tell you all of a sudden.
1: No. Yeah. You can't do that. And it's a work in progress, you know. I mean, I shared earlier a bit about like in the beginning that online business really wasn't a thing for us smaller people, only for major corporations. And so I was questioned in many areas, oh, is this going to work? This isn't going to work. Go get a job. I find myself in that pattern even now. And I'll have to go, hold on a second. I've been doing this for 17 years. Like I have the receipts, the physical receipts. So it's just something you work with, you know, and it's a a muscle you have to exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people can do it on their own. Some need therapy. I'm a big champion in that. We all need a therapist. We all need somebody. um, But just know that if you're someone that's struggling with self-limiting beliefs, you know, you probably had some of them pop up while we were talking through this episode, write them down and work with them incrementally. I think that's for me, I approach that sort of stuff the same way with business. I'm like, okay, we got to fix this because this pattern ain't going away and it's going to do nothing but hurt me. So Mm -hmm. what do we got to do? And, come, and you said it earlier, coming into it with um, business, with like a beginner's mind, a learning mind being coachable, go into it being coachable or teachable with these limiting beliefs. To me, it's the only way. Exercising and being open to changing it are going to be the way that you can get over it. Absolutely. And be mindful when it pops back up.
0: Well, then that's a, it's a recognition of it. If you mm-hmm. run away from it, you're not actually addressing it. And therefore it will continue to show up if you address it yeah. you can manage mm-hmm. whatever that challenge is it's not to say it just goes away completely and all no. of a sudden you are now not dealing with the the mm-hmm. that issue or that challenge but you now are equipped Mm-hmm. with the tools of how to to work through that in a, in yeah. a more productive manner so you've
1: got to get the tools because your brain is the craziest thing you know I had a situation of something I was dealing with emotionally and I hadn't thought about the trauma for so long then I dove in it was this last July I was doing an Ironman and I dove in to swim and all of a sudden I could see the trauma and feel it and I was like what the heck, man? Like I've been—I <laughs> thought I was on the other side of this—and talked to my therapist. He goes, "Well, your brain recognized the pattern, and I realized because I you start Iron Man, by swimming. I recognized that the the heightened state of my breathing and my heart rate in the swimming pattern. I had done the same when I was first trying to overcome the trauma in training. So my body, how many years removed, triggered to it." Because I had the tools, though, I was able to be like, all right. Of course, in like, my mind, I don't know if we have an explicit rating on this, but I was like, not today, B. We're not doing yeah. this today. <laughs> but we, it's like, you, what, you can freely okay. say what you want here on the show. <laughs> okay, we ain't doing this today, bitch. Get the fuck out of here. We ain't doing yeah. this today. But if I hadn't had the tools, I would have had mm-hmm. to turn right back around and go back to shore. I wouldn't have been able to do the race. And mm-hmm. so that, I think that's kind of a, if you're going through something like that, just know, even when you're on the other side of it or you think you've run from it, you got to have the tools because our brains are so weird of how things we come back are up. crazy town they yeah. do it's ridiculous okay so we talked about self limiting
0: belief sometimes that's you know takes us back to places what about superpower on the opposite end of that what what are you what is one of your superpowers
1: oh man um, i'm actually glad you asked this question i think it's and we talked about this pre show i think it's being able to have a whole bunch of moving parts going on at one time but it's a double edged sword Right. Because you just got to make sure that you don't have so many moving parts. And, you know, one of the things that you didn't ask this, but one of the things that I've learned in business, especially with you have a team, is, you know, I, I love the test Clifton Strengths Assessment. And so when I hear superpower, I think of that. Have you done it? OK. If you for those that haven't, I don't know if you talked about it on the show. I love it. I don't love it just for the superpowers. It shows me that I have. I love that it shows me the blind spots that come out of those superpowers because, so like mine, I think, you know, I tell you my superpowers moving quickly and all these moving parts, I have team members that they get the blind spot of that. And so I have to know how to like rein my superpower in when I'm effectively communicating or delegating to certain team members. And that's not like a degradation on them, they're just different people than me, and mm. so yeah. Clifton strengths is so revealing. It was a kick in the gut, but it was so revealing.
0: Yeah, I would definitely encourage anybody anybody who right. is listening. If you have, pick up the book, now discover your strengths. There's a Strengths Finder 2.0, um, very very affordable. If you're if you're looking for you know cost effective ways to to work on the things that you're in your genius zone, recognize the things that. You know, are on the other side of that as well, a little bit of the kryptonite yeah. side of the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> superpower, superpower there. You know, because we we all have the ability to hone what we're good at, but but also, um, like you said, the double-edged sword. Be able to manage the other the other pointy side of that 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 sword, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Rachel, if there was one last piece of advice that you could give to anyone listening right now, what would it be?
1: Oh, um, I mean, earlier we talked about, um, you know, seasons of life changing, just being vigilant of that. But I think within that, even more so, recognize that everything business in life, but especially business, is just a decision. It's not the decision. You are the pilot of this plane. You can change direction at any time that you want. You can go up, you can go down, you can go to Miami, you can go to New York City or go out to Vegas and visit Coach Des. Like you, I think there's so much freedom in recognizing because I'm one of those that I'm like, we gotta make the decision and move on it because I wanna like get the best bang for my buck of my time, money and energy. But it's so freeing and my team has to remind me of this sometimes too of it's just a decision. Let's test it out and see what the heck happens and then we can change it. There's so much freedom in knowing that you can, we, you know, we touched on pivoting a little bit, but adjusting. Just, you know, a decision and make the adjustments you need to. And I know that that's very difficult. We talked about, you know, why I got into business, you know, so quickly earlier was the financial dependency, you know, the need for it. I know that's very difficult. If you're someone who's watching or listening and it's like, oh, my gosh, my family's dependent, I got to make the decision. The decision is not necessarily going to make you any more money or success quicker or easier than a decision. In fact, you're going to be so uh, tunnel vision that you might end up actually um uh, restricting yourself from growth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, look at every decision as a decision that can be changed, not the decision that can't ever be changed.
0: That's brilliant. When, when I was meeting with my team this week, one, one of my teams that I lead, I was talking about us getting together and really walking through and reestablishing some guiding principles. Mm-hmm. One of them uh, that I picked up on is agility. I would love that to be a bit more at the forefront of of giving ourselves the grace, the permission. I love those words that you used uh, to be able to have that agile. Well, this made sense four months ago, right? Doesn't make that much sense now or the responsiveness that we thought we were going to get or, you know, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. is that the agility to say, okay, like, you know, we're going to course correct. We're going to make an adjustment. We're going to do something a little bit differently. I just think, you know, sometimes we have to get, get back in touch with ourselves and, and, and figure out the changes that need to be made. And there's a lot of value Mm -hmm. in that and not feel, not feeling bad because a decision that made sense at a time Mm -hmm. seems to maybe not make sense anymore.
1: I think it's easy for entrepreneurs, especially individuals with my personality type to be like, this is the business plan and we got to do it no matter what's happening. And I feel like with pandemic, especially, you know, 2020 really should have been a lesson for many people of you've got to lift your head up and look around and see if life circumstances have changed. I just did a keynote on this a couple of months ago for a local organization, but I can think of like five major friction points in life. And business, they all corresponded, where I wasn't effectively serving others, myself or my family. And it was because things in my life had changed, but I was so rigid in my work in that, you know, let's take, for example, you know, I have five kids. So when everything shut down, you know, in 2020, all of a sudden I'm virtual teaching five kids. Oh my God. And I had to scale back my work hours and I just had to, or I had to adjust them to do the work in the evening. And so it's, you know, that's just a really simplistic example, but recognize that you're going to have seasons of life. The circumstances are going to change. And so you cannot be so rigid. Like I'm all about processes. I'm all about this, that, the other thing. We follow everything to a T, but you, and when I walk this through with my team, myself, my family, and my clients, back to what I mentioned before, Create your real business to live your real life. What does your real life look like right now in this season of life? Because we might need to adjust how we approach or what we're going to achieve or the decision, a decision that we're going to make in business in order to meet that. Because you're going to have friction points and you're going to find that you have less trajectory, less happiness, less return, less service. If you're not just picking your head up, looking around and seeing has life changed at all, you need to adjust business specifically um, what you're going to do. And I know that sounds so simplistic, but, I you know, so interesting I'm one of them, too. <laughs> I'm a slow learner, obviously, because I can think of five major points in like the last <laughs> years. Uh, but I see it with clients all the time. If they're feeling burnt out, I, I, that's one of the very first places that we start is, is this a long-term burnout because maybe you got into this and you're just not cut out for business and that's, that's completely okay. Not everyone is. Or is this just a short-term burnout that we can course correct, like you said, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, work with the season that we're in. It's often that. That's often the situation. Sometimes you just need Someone on the outside to tell you that, especially hard heads like me. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I, I I think you're so right, but I, I so appreciate that insight. Rachel, how can people connect with you? How do they how do they follow you? How can they get in touch with you? There's something that you could have said today that piqued their interest, whether it's you know, coaching, whether it's online business questions, whether it's Legal. I don't even know where to start. Don't, I can't even, like, this is way too much.
1: (laughs) The thing with the legal stuff, and then I'll give you guys my URL stuff, but the thing with legal is, like, you're not going to see a direct return. And so I think that's why not only is it foreign, it's hard to want to invest in it because it's not like you go spend money on marketing and all of a sudden you get clients. You really, you don't see the things that you prevented by having contracts and, you know, communication and all that. But yeah, so rachelbrangie.com, that is kind of the mothership you can find all my business stuff there, the mentorship mastermind stuff, as well as most importantly, probably the free legal checklist or else you can just hit me up on Instagram or Facebook. Those are my big social media, TikTok maybe. We'll see how long I stick around with that one. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. (laughs)
0: That is fantastic. I mean, I... I'm so grateful because I know I've learned from this conversation. I hope anybody who's joined learned learned a thing or two. I mean, that's really the goal of doing this is, is being able to come together in a space where we can talk openly and vulnerably and and hope that you walk away and take take a little nugget, take the things that mean something to you. It's kind of like a buffet, you know? go to the section where you you get a little bit of that extra helping and, um, yeah, you know, you, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Mashed potatoes, what what happened, ice cream? Oh, <laughs> what, what happened um, you know, and, and that's that's really the goal. So hopefully this was be- really helpful. I know it was <laughs> eye-opening and, and uh, such a worthwhile investment of time here with you today. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy to chit-chat.
0: Awesome. Rachel Branke, a world full of knowledge with her experience being an entrepreneur and becoming an online guru, and boy does it benefit for her to know all the legal aspects of what to do when you're starting a business something still that I've Googled my way through in full transparency as I've done different entrepreneurial things. I actually want to share something that was off the recording that Rachel and I discussed after the interview. And it's something that I want to leave with you as homework because you always know, at least for those of you that have been here a time or two, that I say you are your only limit, so take action today. That is something that I profess at the end of every podcast episode. And she was talking about, we were talking about the concept of mastermind, and she is has reached a level where she is at the top of of the group that she's in, in terms of her accomplishments, where she wants to go. Um, and and so with that, she's, you know, looking for the next thing, the next uh, group that can can captivate her, motivate her, take her to the next level. So this is my challenge for you. I want you to think about what you need right now that is going to take you to the next level. What is a goal that you have to achieve? We're talking about being in February. Okay, There's a big runway between now and the end of the year, but even just think in the next 30 days. In the next 30 to 60 days, where do you want to be and what action can you take right now to get there? Is it a coach, a group, uh, a book, uh, a course, whatever it is that you feel that you need to do to take you to the next place that you need to be, whether that is just in your life or whether it's in business, take that action. You will find that there are times where you will peak, meaning you have reached or feel that you've reached your fullest potential where you're at and with the people you've surrounded yourself with. And it's time to graduate, believe it or not. You may not feel that now, but I'm, I'm giving you this lesson ahead of time. When you end elementary school, What happens? You go to middle school or junior high, then you go to high school, then you go to college and so forth and so on. Business and life is like that. You're going to reach points where you feel like there's a, you know, a plateau and you need to go climb that next mountain. Don't be afraid of that, lean into that and get the right resources or people around you so that you can excel into that potential. So that is my word of the day at the end of this incredible episode. I hope you, you learned a lot. Follow Rachel, she is a wealth of knowledge, I am telling you right now, and uh, do me a favor subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Share this episode with somebody that you think could benefit from hearing it. Thank you for being here. Tune in again next time for another inspiring episode of the Born Unbreakable podcast.